Well, hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Max Danielson Show. I am your host, Max Danielson, and joining me today we have a guy who I got to train with over this past pandemic, especially um, around Burtner High School. Uh, we actually had a Burtner uh, alumni on the show last week, uh, we talked to Thomas a bit, uh, but he was not one of the guys, unfortunately, that uh, came to uh, work out during all this COVID pandemic, the whole COVID pandemic, but this guy... I got to meet through uh, my buddy Kenny and as well Logan and Marco. His name, Mr. Goose. Goose, welcome on to the show, my man. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. Now it's tradition around the show. First of all, I ask you kind of what you do, where you know where you're from, kind of about just about you, and then also kind of the sports teams you follow. So I'll let you take that away. I know first and foremost that you're a big time Padres guy. And I could tell also Chargers as well with the uh, the beanie that you got on. Definitely, definitely, yes, sir. Um, big time Padres guy, big time Chargers guy. Um, I do follow I do follow the Raptors a lot. It's kind of it's kind of weird. It's a Canada team, um, but yeah, man, just I'm out here. Just I'm a I'm a professional instructor for DBAT Lakeside. I still play. Um, like how you mentioned, we we trained a little bit. I like uh, I like going out there and showing showing you young guys that the older guy can still move around and whatnot. Um, but yeah, man, it, it's just being around the game that's awesome. Absolutely. Now that leads me into a great first question because I kind of want to talk about your upbringing and kind of how that came into play with baseball and just how baseball became such a big part of your life. I mean. Being, you know, of course, you're past your college uh, career and all that, and still baseball is such a big influence in your life. So kind of talk about that, kind of your upbringing and how baseball really played into all of that. Uh, Yeah, most definitely, man. Um, So my upbringing, my folks, they were were big supporters in anything that I was wanting to do. Um, They didn't necessarily – push me into baseball it was more of a hey let me let him go find what he wants to do and and excel and be successful at whatever he wants to do and that just having to be baseball man it's just you know as a, as a little kid you you run around they give you a little toy bat and a ball you know mm-hmm. you, you get to hit something you get to hit something so it's like that's always awesome but shout out my folks when they listen to this definitely definitely now uh, going on, kind of furthering your career in baseball. I mean, I want to talk about kind of your time at Berkner. You know, what are some things that really stand out to you? What you know, when you look back on your career, and when you look back, kind of at your time at Berkner, what was that like? And kind of what was it like, not only from the the academic side, but also as well, you know, athletics and all of that with baseball. Um. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, first off, shout out Berkner, class of twenty fourteen. Um, it was a great time there, man. Four years, got to got to meet some incredible people, have some good memories. Um, Academic-wise, I mean, everybody kind of just did their thing. You know, you were there, you were there to go to school and, and to get to to university or community college, however the route you wanted to take. Um, so I think it was it was pretty dope. Everybody was there to help each other out. Um, I don't know how the kids are nowadays because. Yeah, I'm old, um, but I, there was a couple people I knew, you know, that they would struggle and I would help them out, and and it would go both ways. So that's, that was always dope. 
Um, Baseball-wise, I mean, hell, hell, man, like crazy memories. Um, What's the craziest playoff, memory you got? The craziest, craziest memory. Um, I would say my final game, final game, final game of high school, it was playoffs. We're playing Plano Senior High. These guys, um, I don't know where, where a couple of these guys are at, but I know uh, they had a guy named Mitchell Hansen. Played pro ball. He played with the Dodgers. Uh, they had a guy named Cody Farhat. I think he's also playing pro ball. Um, so we had our guys. You know, we we had Jacob Patterson. Shout out Patty. Uh, he plays in the, Cardinals in the uh, Cardinals organization, right? Yeah. Shout out. Shout out him. A um, couple other guys. You know, we we had our guys. They had their guys. Final game of the year, we uh, we get into a fight. You know, and um, I was I was involved in it. Um, I was playing first base. Guy, guy named Mitchell Hansen. He uh, he tries to truck me at first base. We still get him out. They're barking and chirping at us. We're chirping. Um, long story short, long story short, we we lose the game. But our sophomore pitcher Troy Davern, shout out him as well. Um, that man had my back. You know. Um, oh, I didn't realize Troy went to. I didn't realize Troy went to Berkner. Yeah, man. He he was there. He was there for a short time. You know. He uh. It's one of those things where where people try to, people say that you know you have your your impact on others, but you know for him being a sophomore, that man had an impact on me. He he had my back. Um, we were shaking hands at the end of the game, and I was the first guy. I was always the first guy. You know, I said, "Hey, I took my L. We lost. Let me congratulate these guys. Whatever." Um, I'm, I'm high fiving Mitchell Hansen, whatever. Say, "Hey, whatever, man. Thanks for trucking me." And then I just hear a bunch of F-bombs in the back. I hear a bunch of, fuck you, fuck you. And what I heard is that Troy punches this dude in the back of the head. Dude, and, and all hell breaks loose. Everybody's running around and, and whatnot. And, you know, if there was still more games in the season, I probably wouldn't have gotten into the fight. But, you know, I had to go in there and throw a little quick punch. And I did, man. <laughs> Did you get a good knock on someone? Yeah, I got a good little knock, you know, but hey, I, I took off, man. I couldn't couldn't have my name associated with that. <laughs> <laughs> for sure, for sure. And especially even so, you know, a, another great transition kind of into going into that college career. Once Burton's up, you know, then you transition into your college playing days. Uh, kind of talk to me about that kind of, you know, especially the fact now I'm in I'm in that shoe of being a college athlete, being able to play baseball. Kind of talk about your time at the college level. Definitely, man. At the the college level, it was uh, it was awesome too. Some stories there, but uh, I went off to uh, to Mountain View uh, Community College. I wasn't one of those guys in high school, you know, getting looked at by everybody. Um, I actually got picked up by Mountain View at a while we were playing at Skyline. They uh, they saw me, they liked me. I, I I decided I said, hey, I'm gonna go play there. Um, good times, you know. They weren't a very winning program, you know. So kind of kind of a big step back going from a high school program that wins and then taking that step back to a, a program that's getting beat. But um, I got a lot of experience. I ended up moving over to third base in college and then eventually to the outfield. So it's like when, when we go train, you guys see me in the outfield running around. Mm -hmm. That's how I got good. That's how I got good at the outfield. <laughs> <laughs> All 
All I'm going to say about Skyline is fuck Skyline. We played in my senior year, and they had this one dude. Oh, man, it was this big white dude. And he was like, he tried to, like, pick a fight with me. I'm like, dude, I'm not here to fight. But, like, I'm like if you're going to talk shit, talk shit to me. Like, he's like, I'm at first base. He's, like, leaning into me. And the umpire's like, you two knock it off. I'm like, do you see this motherfucker? And then, like, that, we all, I swear, that was the one game we almost got into a fight. Those Skyline kids, they do not give a fuck. They really don't. And they're trash, to say the least. But that's all yeah, I'm going to say about Skyline. I, I feel you, man. And that's the, that's the problem with a lot of people nowadays is, you know, they're, they're not there to play the game. They're there, they're there to fight and, and, and talk shit and whatnot. And, and you know, it's like, it's like, why bring that to a game? You know, we're out here just trying to, trying to make plays, get hits, get on base, but, you know, if you gotta talk, you know, go ahead. But when we shut you up, you know, you can't can't really go far from there, you know. And, and also exactly. too, like, you know, be, being out of the game now and me kind of getting into coaching and seeing things from the other side, you can kind of tell it's cool. It's cool guys that are really good, but the guys who talk shit and whatnot, and they can't back it up. It's it's bad on their character. Exactly, man. I mean, you take a look. You know, I know. I mean. Shoot, you know, you one one guy who I I always refer to when it comes to like trash talking and all that is like Dirk. You know, that's a guy who went about his business. But if you also know about the NBA, a lot of people also say when Dirk wanted to trash talk, he was one of the most savage trash talkers of all time. Like the the things I've heard that he said, I was like, damn, that's that's some harsh shit. But. Uh, but again, kind of moving on from your college career, kind of talking about the post-college uh, playing and all of that, and kind of uh, what that's all led to right now, you know, post-college, where, number one, are you at just in life, and then also kind of with baseball? Um, yeah, man, so I, I'm actually still taking some courses right now. Um, I'm trying to actually get into real estate. Um my pops and I were actually trying to start a wholesale resale, wholesale um, real estate business. So basically, buy houses, sell them off, profit off of that. Um, trying to get into that whole that whole business. You know, it's pretty tough because yes, anybody can do it. But you got to go by the book. Um, I'm also looking into eventually opening up my own facility. Um, that's just something, you know, keeps me tied to the game. It's, it's something I've always wanted to do. You know, as, as you're growing up, you know, you say, oh, well, I want to play pro ball. And for some people, you know, there, there's always an end to everything. So it's like me being able to do lessons right now with deep, get exposure, get kids, you know, being better at the game, training them. You know, I want to end up having a facility with my name on there, mm -hmm. you know. So that's, that's something I'm working towards right now. I gotcha. I gotcha. Now, I'm glad that you mentioned kind of like the resell and all like the profit because this is also something that, you know, kind of uh, we've talked about before. It's kind of like the whole sneaker game and all that. And just not only just I know that you're, you're big time into this, you're big time sneakerhead, but also you have a little bit into the resell uh, and all that. So I kind of want to ask you a question or some questions about kind of sneakers. Number one, the first thing I'm going to ask you is, what is your favorite sneaker in your entire collection? Number two, what is the, looking back on it, the worst buy you've made on a shoe? And then number three, with going into reselling, what is the best sale you've made on a shoe? 
Um, yeah, dude, definitely sneakers is we we got a whole another podcast just talking oh, definitely, about sneakers. Definitely. But um favorite sneaker of all time in my collection, um, I would say my my taxi twelves. Um, I have a pair here, let me see if I can I know the podcast can't see, but I got my little I got baby you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man, I, I had these since I was younger, so that's like my prized possession in my uh in my collection um worst worst buy would be probably when i first started getting into sneakers um i didn't really know a whole lot so i bought a pair of uh of fearless ones i think it was the the unc the chicago okay they, they ended up being fake and oh, that's kind of where no. yeah man. <laughs> that's that, that's where like I really started like doing my research and whatnot. So that was, that was a big blow. Um, biggest sale I've ever had though. I had, uh, I had two pairs of Yeezy 700 V2s. Uh-huh. I had the statics, uh-huh. statics and the hospital blues. I ended up selling both for, it ended up being like $700. Gave, gave a guy a deal, but you know, that was a big score for me at the time. Yeah. Again, when I started getting into sneakers, you know, and, and you see that money running oh, around. Oh, you know? yeah. That's the best. That's the best part about Definitely. it all. It really Definitely. is. And, and I guess the the issue is that a lot of people, when, when they get started in resale, whether it's shoes, real estate, anything, you know, anything you're reselling and, and, and uh, you're buying and reselling, people get that money and they want to spend it on them. Exactly. When essentially exactly. You, you need to take a portion of that, you know, maybe like a 10% and that could be for you, you know, everything else. You need to keep buying new product, keep going, you know, like I, I see you with, with like your Ross finds, man. Shout out Ross, by the way. Heck yeah, uh, Ross Burlington. Ross been coming up clutch for me this week. I mean, Absolutely. shoot, the other day I found two pairs of Vapor Maxes. Now, they're B grades, don't get me wrong, but one sold and I made double my money already. Yeah, for sure, man. And, and that's the thing, like, a lot of people don't understand that and you know and, and there's kind of different tiers to reselling and whatnot you know I, I don't claim myself as a master reseller i do it because something i like to do i get to see different shoes meet different people within the community and you know if it's something that you want to do you go ahead and and go at it you know but there's like i said there's different levels to it and always do your research because if yeah. not you're gonna get scammed like i did <laughs> And I'll tell you, and that's such a great point that you talk about, like when that money initially comes in, you want to spend it right away. I mean, I can think about really when I started getting into the reselling and all that a year ago, there would be a portion that I would be spending all this money on certain things that I wouldn't invest that back into my, like my, uh, to my products and all that. But you know, this year, I mean, heck just closed in on 6k in sales over 3000 in profit. And really, I mean, bank accounts looking great and i mean i take usually i give myself about okay you know half that bank account could be anything i need but half of that's got to go to products that i see because at the end of the day that's what's going to keep that money flowing in or and even you know just multiple sources of income are big too you know because at school i mean i get you know an income from broadcasting i also get an income from reselling possibly now i may get an income from editing highlight videos and all that there yeah, that's the one thing that you know for anyone that i would say who's watching this and is really about to get into the reselling or is really interested in that 
make sure that you understand the whole because one thing i mean that this whole um the whole reselling has really got me into finances and heck that's now where i'm going for now my double major not only in originally communications but now business administration because a lot of it has to do with finances and understanding just basic finances profit margins you know what you're losing out on when it comes to because a lot of people don't realize you know there's a portion that ebay takes out there's a portion that paypal takes out you also have to take into account how much you spent on that product and it all really comes down to it because i remember when i first started selling you know i'd buy these sneakers and i wouldn't be making much profit on them because i didn't really understand how all this profit works so now you know i have an excel spreadsheet that literally calculates everything for me so that i can see number one okay how much am i making on it you know and also there will be times i mean heck i've returned so many shoes to burlington and ross because i later figure out I'm like you know if i sell them for this price i'm not gonna make crap on them so that it's really about that understanding kind of number one what your budget is and number two understanding how that budget plays into uh later more down the road of how then does that go into my products definitely yeah um i remember when i first started getting into it um there's a buddy of mine uh his name was irving he uh he kind of got me into it and he told me uh you know that was kind of like the kind of like the pre-K version of it. It was just hey, write down the profit. Now that you like, you know, you know, everything's digital now, and that that's a lifesaver. Because like oh, you said, yeah. there's shoes that you take and return. You know, you know, you're not gonna make anything on it. Might as well return them. You're in, you're in green. That's all that matters. You talk about that digital thing. The only problem with digital stuff, you know, especially when it comes to sneaker drops, are those bots. That has oh, screwed dude. dude, I, I dude. can tell you what. I, I remember this summer trying to go for, uh, oh, God, the Lucas, you know, when they dropped that Air Jordan for the Lucas, and literally it was gone instantly. I'm like, like and that was my first time doing it. I'm like, there's yeah. no way. And then I was like, yeah. oh, so this is the problem with all of the sneaker game. But... At the end of the day, man, you know, I still love it. I still, you know, this is definitely going to be something I do for probably the rest of my life because it's just fun. You know, even like even though like I'm still making money in different ways, I still always end up finding myself at a Ross or Burlington just because it's that it's just the joy of finding something, you know, seeing all like the different sneakers, being able to research, you know, okay, what is this making? Where is this on the comps for eBay? Um, or even Poshmark or any of those. So, I mean, I, I, I really like it. I know you're a really big guy into that, especially in just sneakers in general. Yeah, man. I already know tomorrow I'm going to take an L on those uh, those dunks that are dropping tomorrow, the Sean Clivers. I, I already know it, man. It's, like, it's like hey, my man, you got to have faith. L. You got to have faith when it comes to the sneakers app. Of course, <laughs> there's a large percentage you're going to get that L. But you know what? Once you get the got them, like that's when it that's when everything is like all right sick and like it, it's gotten to the point too like when i uh when i first met my girlfriend like I, I told her i was like hey make make your sneakers account you know give it a shot you know help me out and then she uh she eventually got fed up with that and she was like well why can't i have the shoes you know i want some shoe game too oh, so no. now now she's kind of gotten into it too so it, it's awesome that's awesome, man. That's really, really awesome. So 
that's going to wrap up the interview portion of this. Uh, we're going to take a very quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to get into the main event of this show, which is the sports side of it. So don't go anywhere. We will be right back. The Max Danielson Show is proud to announce Gage's Granite as an official sponsor for the Saturday podcast. Gage's Granite is a family-run company operating nearby in the Dallas Metroplex. They offer custom granite, travertine, onyx, and marble countertops to homeowners and businesses since 2000. Give them a call today at 972-243-6097 or visit gagesgranite.com or on Facebook and Twitter. You can also stop by the main showroom located at 2427 Glenda Lane in Dallas. Gage's Granite, a proud sponsor of the Max Danielson Show. Hey guys, this is Jason with Lacrosse Monkey. Are you looking for a place to shop for your next athletic season? Monkey Sports is here to help. Whether you're looking for baseball, hockey, or lacrosse gear, if you can dream it, we've got it. We provide both the latest and best on the market equipment for your athlete. Stop by and visit us at 105 West Bethany Drive, right off of US 75 in Allen. Monkey Sports, a proud sponsor of the Max Danielson Show. And welcome back to the Max Nelson Show, where we left off. We were talking to Goose kind of about his upbringing, where baseball came into play, his career at Berkner, and as well the fact that he literally gave some guy a haymaker, and as well Troy uh, throwing a haymaker at some guy's uh, back of the head. Uh, we also kind of talked about his college career, where his post plan is right now, especially working uh, with D-Bat and all that, training young athletes, and especially then sharing our love for the sneaker game and kind of everything about reselling. Uh, but now we'll get into the interview port, or really the sports portion of all of this. I was going to say the interview portion regarding sports, but we've already been through the interview portion. Now, Goose, the big thing that really dropped this week, I mean, especially with all that's been going on in 2020, I mean, you see the Redskins. And now, you know, even though Chief Wahoo has been gone since, I believe, 2016, 2017, now the Cleveland Indians do, no longer are the Indians. I kind of want to hear your thoughts on that, you know. I've even I, I've told this many many times right now on the podcast. I I in my first semester of college I took an anthropology class and wrote a paper regarding all of this stuff, especially the Redskins, the Indians, the Blackhawks, all of these teams that have Native American sports teams in them. And the the feedback and the criticism it receives from that. So I kind of want to see what you're thinking about that. You know, how do you do you think this was this was dumb? Do you think I mean, where do you where do you really stand with all of it? Uh, um, so regarding the name, from an, an ethical standpoint, I mean, you kind of have to try to make everyone happy, which is very you know, so it's it's very very difficult. Um, I personally, you know, I, I loved the name. You know, I loved Chief Wahoo and everything. Um, same thing with, you know, Redskins. Um, I feel like you would have to go to groups of people who are in that category and kind of go with their opinion, you know. The thing is, uh, the public that's, I guess we'll say complaining or that they're having an issue with this, um, it's people that don't fall into that category. Exactly. You know, and, and, exactly. and it was crazy, too, because I, I saw a TikTok the other day. Um, 
kind of going along with other teams. You know, the Rangers had had an issue with that. Texas Rangers, um, the Padres too. Someone was like, "Well, is it racist to mothers or is it offensive to mothers that there's a team named the Padres?" So I was just like, "Man, like people are never happy," you know. Yeah, and even so, I mean, in that paper I discussed, you know, they went to the those Native American tribes. For the most part, they didn't have a problem with Redskins. There were some that were like, "Yeah, no, it's it's a it's a slur to us." But then most of them were like. We don't really care, to be honest. And the same thing with the Indians. Even so, it's even more so for the Indians that they don't care. It really is cultural appreciate, appreciation for them. But who really knows, man? I mean, that's kind of 2020 in a nutshell. A lot of people that things don't fall in their category getting mad about. And it's like, you have no say in this whatsoever. Um, but don't want to get onto that. Don't want to get involved in the whole cancel culture thing. So I, I'm staying... Yeah. Very clear of that right now. But kind of want to talk about some Major League news as well. Uh, the Chicago White Sox now getting Lance Lynn. I mean, it was a great deal for the Rangers. Got two prospects. I know uh, one of them, or actually it was one prospect and then one pitcher that is going to be pretty solid for them. Um, I kind of want to ask you this. You know, regarding Lance Lynn, do you think it was smart for the Rangers to hold on to him after the season? Or do you think they should have done it at the deadline? Um, I personally feel a deadline deal would have been slightly better. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the good, good for the Rangers, though. They, they kind of understood that they weren't – they're kind of in a rebuilding scenario right now. Um, a couple of buddies of mine, Ranger fans, uh, they they were they were okay with the deal, you know, happy with the prospect and, and the major league ready pitcher. Um, Lance Lynn's going to help the White Sox for sure. Oh, you know, absolutely. him, Giolito – one two punch. Um, but I do feel, you know, Rangers should have traded him at the deadline, you know, most and that and that falls into one of those what if categories. But hey, at the end of the day, Rangers got something good in return and you know, the rebuilding process, just gotta trust it. And it's no doubt the fact that now they finally get some stuff as soon as John Daniels is out of the GM office, which thank fucking Christ, because that Definitely. dude screwed over the Rangers <laughs> for God knows how long. Now Another very, very underrated signing in Major League Free Agency really happened this weekend. Now, back in, I believe, 2019, this guy was an all-star. But really, even he is the fun fact here. He's the first person to ever actually have a Major League hit inside of the brand new Globe Life field. That's David Dahl. I mean, I was very, very pumped up for this signing because, I mean, the potential that Dahl has, especially on this deal, I believe it's a one-year, $6 million deal. It's a very much prove-it deal that if it works really well, he's going to either get a massive extension elsewhere or a good-sized deal with the Rangers. I think this is also you know, a great piece for them in the outfield now that you have not only Dahl in the outfield, you also have Danny Santana, uh, Leo Tavares that's coming up in the farm system. I mean, they have a lot of options right now for their outfield. Of course, it's not a stellar outfield by all means necessary, but it's still a start. Definitely, man. Uh it's definitely a good contract on both ends. Um, he kind of, like you said, gets to prove himself. See, see where we go from there. He, he's a good, he's a good player. You know, decent guy. It's a, he's, a, he's an above average fielder. He can can hit. You know, for power here and there. He's got decent contact. Um, I think he'll fit in just fine with the Rangers. Uh, Rangers always known for for big left-handed bats. Mm-hmm. So I, I think is a good signing for him and. And it'll work out for sure. 
Yeah, I mean, pretty much what I've heard about this guy, he's kind of like the Joey Gallo that could hit for a better average. So I'm really excited about that. Now, transitioning over into the NBA side, I really want to hear your opinion on this, kind of what, how you're looking and seeing the Dallas Mavericks so far, because they've had a pretty, pretty good um, NBA preseason. And of course, here in the next few weeks, we're going to see them square off on, uh, I know, the 22nd, which is in a few days against, I believe, the Phoenix Suns and on, on Christmas Day. Uh, versus LeBron and AD with the Lakers. I kind of want to ask you, how do you see this team, especially kind of the additions they made and what you may have seen uh, from their preseason? Um, so Mavericks, de definitely up and coming. They're, uh, I would definitely put them in the playoff hunt this year. They're, uh, they're looking pretty solid. Uh, you, got, you know, you got Luke at the top, a couple additions in there. They brought back Willie Cully-Stein, a big man. Help him out. Um, I'll tell you what, though. I'm going to need Luca to not do good against the Lakers <laughs> Christmas Day because he's going against me in fantasy, so can't have none of that. But, you know, overall, <laughs> I think it's a good team. <laughs> I think it's a good team going in going into the season. You know, just, you hope nobody gets hurt, you know. And and it, it's tough in the West, so I'll, I'll say that. But I, I think they'll, they'll give people a run for their money. Now, of course, speaking of running for their money, uh, talking about 2021 free agency, this was going to be really what they were saving up for with this next topic. But, of course, this week it broke that Giannis Antetokounmpo has signed a five-year max deal with the Milwaukee Bucks. Does not surprise me whatsoever. I mean, these European guys, they've all, they're have they very, very loyal to their teams, kind of, and doesn't surprise me where they get that from, the GOAT, Dirk Nowitzki, um, and just kind of... I think it. I, I mean, I knew after what they did this offseason, getting Drew Holiday. Um, now he also has Drew. He has Chris Middleton. Uh, he's got Brooke Lopez back, he, who's really developed his game so well. Um, and, of course, you have Giannis, who is an MVP candidate uh, right up there with Luka, I mean, this year. Um, I kind of want to hear what you think about this. You know, was it the right idea to go um, back to Milwaukee, or should he have gone to either uh, Miami or Dallas? Uh, me, me living in Dallas, being able to go watch the Mavericks, you know, I would have loved to see him, him and Luca run the court together. Uh, but I really do think, you know, him staying in Milwaukee, one, it'll help that franchise, you know, prove his loyalty there. Um, and shout out Milwaukee, they they did their job, they got their pieces, you know, to convince him to stay there. And the, the Bucks are always, you know, top three seeds in the East. You know, pretty much anybody can win the East. I'll, I'll say that, but. Uh, the Bucks are up there, you know. It's, it's pretty much the Bucks, Raptors, and the Heat right now. Sixers are up there too, um, but I feel like the Sixers always fizzle out towards the end of the year. But you know, the Bucks, man, they they got their pieces. You know, I, I wish the best for him, especially Giannis, man, because the the way he came into the league, you know, young guy, skinny as hell. Now now he's got back to back MVPs. You know, he he's one of the top players in the league, dude. You yeah, know, so I, now, I wish the best for him. Oh, sorry, you were saying something? I was just saying I wish the best for him, man, you know, from where he came from, you know, so hopefully he do good. I got you, I got you. Now, kind of want to talk about another re-signing here, uh, the Clippers uh, re-signing Pandemic P. We all know how he did in the playoffs for them. I uh, kind of want to ask you about this deal. Four years, more than $90 million. He's going to keep there with uh, – his buddy Kawhi Leonard. I want to ask you, you know, was this the right idea for the Clippers? You know, should you really even trust 
Paul George after what he did last year in the playoffs, talking all that shit, and then uh, coming up and literally laying goose eggs after goose eggs. Oh, man. Dude, like, you know, it's it's an okay signing, but I'll, I'll put it this way. Marco Vargas, I hoop with him all the time. He can oh, shoot better than Paul Marco. George. I'll put it that way. Marco, you are better than Paul George. <laughs> oh, that way. man, it's a hot take. Yeah, very hot take. Um, you know, for the Clippers, it, it it's good. You know, they have a, I would say, a top twenty player. You know, because he can still play defense and whatnot. But yeah, man, it's kind of hard when when you talk uh talk all the shit and then you can't you know you can't go clutch in the playoffs. Um, he's just got to prove himself, you know. Yeah. Now, moving on towards the NFL, really one topic I want to talk about here. Uh, the former OU standout, Jalen Hurts, uh, getting his first start in the NFL uh, after uh, Carson Wentz getting benched and having himself a pretty rough season, to say the least. Um, kind of want to ask you about that. You know, where do you see Jalen Hurts' career taking him? I mean, we see, you know, this this rookie class of quarterbacks, you know, Joe Burrow when he was uh, on the field before his injury, Justin Herbert, who's taken San Diego by storm. Uh, you know, where do you see kind of Hurts landing in this? Um, you know, first off, you mentioned Herbert. He said San Diego. Thank you, because that is where we belong. Um, but Hurts, man, you know. Oh, I didn't even realize I said San Diego. I mean, oh, hey, I'm, I'm always so hey, used I'll... to saying San Diego. It's just, it's so weird to me, like, that they moved to Los Angeles. Like, it still is to me. Yeah, dude, it's like it's like we're the Angels, you know, when it when it comes to baseball, kind of, you know, we're the we're the other LA team. Yeah, but, um, exactly. But yeah, man, Jalen Hurts, dude, you know, I I I wish him the best as well, but I kind of feel like it's gonna fizzle into like another RG three situation or like a yeah. like a Teddy Bridgewater type deal, you know, because I feel like a lot of these mobile quarterbacks, you know, they they only last so long. Now the game is evolving where guys are a little more mobile, a little more agile. A.K.A. So. like a Lamar Jackson or a Patty Mahomes. He's definitely, man. You know, but like that, like, we kind of see it this year with Lamar Jackson. He's not at the same MVP-type level. You know, he's still a good quarterback. Um, people make jokes that he's an actual running back, you know, under center. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, man, I, I wish Jalen Hurts the best, you know, especially like that with the whole situation in Alabama that he had to go through, you know, playing with Tua and then they kind of were switching off so I definitely wish him the best I'm rooting for him shoot I even forgot to mention Tua in that mix too I mean he's having a pretty good season as well in Miami now going on because I like how you mentioned kind of the the whole college with Ohio State and all of that because that's a perfect segue into college uh football right now and just all the championship games that are going on of course I have to give a shout out and I really got to mention this team because they're my team my cousin uh, Lane went there in 2003, who was the captain there. And just really, this whole year has been remarkable for them. Really start off extremely shit, but then turn it into a number six team in the nation. Iowa State now going up. When this comes out, uh, this will be today at 11, uh, the Big 12 Championship versus OU. I mean, I don't know how much you've watched of college football this year. If you heard anything about Ohio State, kind of just what Brees Hall has been doing. I mean, just absolutely killing the run game for the Cyclones. I mean, you also have Bryce Petty, who's, uh, I believe they still got Bryce, I feel like they still got Bryce Petty. Yeah, they still got Bryce Petty, um, who's having himself great quarterback year as well. Um, really, I'm very, very excited to see what the Cyclones do tomorrow because I'm going to be watching that game for sure. 
definitely. Um, you know, earlier in the year they they beat Oklahoma. Um, big upset, big win for them. So, anytime college football, man, I always go for the underdog. You know, unless it's somebody against UT, that's that's my thing. You know, but it's Oklahoma, so we don't like Oklahoma here. So I'm definitely rooting for the Cyclones, bro. Now I will say this: I just realized I said Bryce Petty. Yeah. I meant Brock Purdy. I don't know why I said Bryce Purdy or uh, Bryce Petty or why that name came to mind, but I meant Brock Purdy. My bad. Uh, Bryce Petty, of course, being the uh, former Baylor quarterback and uh, had himself a great career at Baylor as well. Now, I want to talk about this is kind of something I really want to ask your opinion on. If you've seen this, the whole LSU being or upsetting number six Florida. Literally, the fact was that I believe it was what fourth down or it was the third down. They can they uh, got the big tackle, and oh god, I believe it was number six on Florida takes the LSU guy's shoe and chucks it twenty yards down the field. Now, mind you, textbook throw, textbook throw by the guy. I mean that was phenomenal, thirty to fifty or about the fifty-three, eh, about the opposing forty-eight yard line. I mean, pretty good throw, can't lie. Now, at the same time, though, I mean, that literally screwed over Florida for any chance at a college football playoff because then LSU gets another shot. You know, they get, uh, oh, God, I think 15-yard penalty. That's 15 yards closer to the field goal. They nail that field goal, win the game. I mean, man, that is one really, really shitty way for Florida to lose a game. Yeah, man, I I hear Florida fans are still – they're still upset right now. Um, I would be, you know, too, if one of our players decided to chuck a cleat down the field and screw us out of a college football playoff appearance. Yeah, man. There was there was so many memes on Twitter about, about that guy. I think his last name was, I think it was Wilson. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, dude, it's like, you know, stuff like that. It's like, you get the big tackle, why, why escalate it? You know, or why try to establish some sort of dominance? You know, you already got the stop. Why? Why try to go extra? You know exactly. And, and that exactly. Kind of, like that I kind get, of stuff, you know, you know adrenaline that kind of comes up and like and all of that and like that. You know, you get so much in the moment and like it's a big play. But at the same time, you got to be smart about that. Definitely, man. And and like that, you know. And in some cases, you know, hey, maybe the penalty doesn't do much, but like that, that pretty much costed them a shot at the title. You know, and shout out to kicker, man. That dude kicking that thing in the fog. You know, I don't know how he made that, but that was dope. Yeah, and, you know, just talking about that as well, you know, you don't want to escalate things, especially throwing a haymaker at someone's uh, back of the head there, Troy. (laughs) Um, But I kind of want to go on another topic about, I think this is actually the last topic about college football, the Ohio State-Michigan rivalry game. Uh, that's always humongous every single year. That gets canceled. That really screwed out Ohio State of, you know, it at the at the moment it screwed them out because they needed that one more game to make sure that they were recognized for the college football playoff. They, now, I know that today they are playing uh, Northwestern when this goes out. Um, so that will be uh, interesting to watch too and kind of see where college football, where the playoff board ranks them and all that. Um but, I mean, kind of what do you think about Ohio State right now? I mean, you know, of course, it, if somehow Iowa State gets into the college football playoff, which I doubt they will, but I know they will get obliterated because every Big 12 team gets obliterated in the college football playoff because there's no defense whatsoever. 
Yeah, man. Um, you know, on Ohio State, you know, I've never really been a fan of Ohio State. You know, always recognize them as a, as a good, you know, good university, and they always put out Big good time teams. Power five school. Definitely. I, I just don't see them hanging with, you know, with the Clemsons of the world or, or Alabama. You know, I, I feel like those two guys, you know, those two teams will, you know, they'll demolish Ohio State. And, yes, Ohio State has Justin Fields, really good quarterback, probably number two pick in the draft. Or, you know, he may sneak in at number one somehow. But I just feel Alabama and Clemson are more complete teams, and they'll get the job done. Now, talking about the number one overall pick and also Clemson being uh, Trevor Lawrence, I saw something on Twitter the other week, um, or I think this week, that it said since high school, Trevor Lawrence has, or I believe in high school as well, Trevor Lawrence has had an 18-3 and record. <laughs> and someone said he's going to have to get lo- used to a lot of losing going to New York. Yeah, man. I, I, whoever's number one pick, man... I would pull like an Eli Manning or something and just not want to play there. I don't, but hey, I would not blame Trevor Lawrence if he doesn't want to play in New York. I don't blame him whatsoever. Uh, But moving on to the very final topic of this uh, podcast. Now, it was released today that the NHL is going to have 53 games in their regular season. Camps, I believe, uh, are going to start on January 3rd. But really, the one thing I kind of wanted to talk about today, uh, or really on this show, because of the fact the longtime New York Ranger goaltender who then recently signed with the Washington Capitals uh, to hopefully go chase himself a ring, Henrik Lundqvist. It just came out this week that he will not be able to play this season due to a heart condition, which absolutely blows because he is given his, he's literally given his heart for the city of New York. And just the fact that they could ever get him a, a Stanley Cup is just, it, it's so, so sad because he's one of the greatest to do it uh, in the crease and just, the fact that New York couldn't get him a championship stinks, and the fact now that he's going to a place like Washington, that hopefully he can get that championship ring and retire and go into the sunset, kind of like a Peyton Manning. Unfortunately, may not look like the case right now. Yeah, man. Um, so I, I didn't really follow hockey that much, but I kind of looked into it, read up on the news, and and it, it's something sad, man. You know, I, I looked up his whole career and and read up on it, and it's like, man, like. That dude is one of the goats when it comes to hockey. And, yeah. you know, for something like this to happen late in your career, you know, it was uh, it, it was tragic, you know. I, like I said, I read up on it. Um, it's kind of just one of those things that's part of life, you know. It, it sucks, but, you know, we wish him well. And, Absolutely. you know, hopefully he can recover and definitely, you know, come get back out there on the ice. You know, I know those guys, those guys – put their blood, sweat, and tears into it. They beat each other on the ice. So it'd be awesome to see him come back. Definitely. Now, that is actually going to wrap up this week's edition of the Max Danielson Show. Goose, thanks so much for coming on the show. Last thing I got for you, if you want to plug anything, now is the time to do so. Whether you got social media, whatever that may be, now is your time to do so. Um, yeah, definitely, man. Uh, first off, I appreciate you having me. Um, it was awesome chatting with you. You know, I haven't, haven't talked to you in a while, so yeah. it was awesome. Uh, you know, uh, I would say my Instagram, I mean, if you guys want to follow me, um, it's Guzman Training. If you guys want to do that, I'll put some videos up there. I'm trying to get to, 
get some more content up there, trying to talk to, to guys like Logan and, and Marco and yourself too, kind of get some, some college guys up in there, teach the young kids what to do. Um, that and, hey, my TikToks, man. Goose on the beat. That's my TikTok. I make Dodger fans, I make Dodger fans angry. Y'all need to follow me. Let's get it. Goose on the beat on TikTok. And then as well, uh, Goose's Instagram will be on our Instagram page as well when everything goes up. And that will also lead to a link for this. Uh, so, yeah, that is going to do it for this week's episode of the Max Danielson Show. As I thank you for myself, Max Danielson. And as always, have a pleasant good morning, a good afternoon, or good evening to you wherever or whenever you may be listening. Thanks, y'all, and we will see you next episode. Take care.